He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. We are in the year 2021. We are episode. It's not episodes. It's season three, week nine. I'm Peter Walker Wilkinson. Welcome along, Braden Martin. How are you going, Mister Trophy Wielding Extraordinaire? Yeah, it was very nice little delivery to have at work this week. Uh, now, third... is this the the daughter of the the trophy maker just sent it to school, or do you actually no? Got so t- turns out it's a relation. Uh, that person that's in the in the in a, another another class, but um, yeah, the same same family, I suppose. So yeah, I thought he was saving on postage. Just went, yeah, take this to school and give it to this guy. Oh well, yeah, effectively, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think it's effectively what happened. So, um, no, it was good. It's funny. I actually got a um another. I basically bought a shield, like a perpetual shield, to use as my footy tipping uh, competition trophy yeah. as well. So. Um, shout out to Prestige Trophies. Uh, yeah, give them the little not no. sponsored. We're not we're not sponsored by them, but you know, Aussie car is, so we'll give them a little bit of limelight. <laughs> okay, let's get into the sponsors. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, this week we are brought to you, I think, by CD Cinematography because Clayton's a legend. We're just going to keep on going with it. I'll reach out to him later and find out what's going on where we're at. Uh, Brewster Coffee, B R E W S T R dot Coffee. Go check it out. Rate your local coffee haunts. Uh, also, 24-7 race control. Go check them out if you need race control for your races. Uh, and also, speaking of races, we've got a new one, the driversclub.net.au. Go check them out. Just uh, We'll talk a bit more about it later, but nice little yearly or three-month or six-month sponsorship gets you access to a whole heap of cool races at the moment. They've got two series going, one V and one V8 slash old V8 race uh, racing series. So go check them out with a lot more to come, but we'll talk about that very, very soon. Thank you, driversclub.net.au. Uh, by the way, welcome to the podcast. And if you haven't already, jump in on Discord like there is a few people been doing this week. Uh, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Otherwise, it's in the show notes at the bottom. I think I'm also, if you're on YouTube, it's, it says it's in the show notes, but it's not. I've got to go fix all that up one time when I get a moment. Uh, but if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel or follow the Twitch channel or subscribe to the podcast feed wherever you can. Leave us a review, though. All the reviews, comments, likes, all that kind of stuff, all the shares we get is what really helps us move the podcast along. Closing down on a big number in Australia for downloads at the moment, so I'm keeping an eye on that. We'll put a little postage picture out there when we get there, but I'm looking pretty excited. So keep downloading, especially you people overseas as well. You're doing a great job. So thank you to everyone who has tuned in so far and will be tuning in again in the future. But let's go on to what we've been racing um, which is brought to you tonight by Brewster Coffee. Let's go with Brewster Coffee, B-R-E-W-S-T-R dot coffee. I haven't got anyone who sent me in a, a review of a local um, coffee place, so do it, please. Contact us at lockedonloads.com.au. Um, but definitely go on there, type in your local area and bring up a uh, review and check out where the best coffees are that you might not even know about. Our app coming soon. So thank you, Ash, for helping best. us out. Best coffee review gets a free subscription to Pete's OnlyFans. That's what I heard. That's true. <laughs> we weren't ready to show that yet, but the artwork is still going going through approval, which um, Facebook doesn't want to approve it. But anyway, we'll get that out to you soon. Uh, definitely do that. Uh, what have you been up to in the last week? I, I know, look, it's we've, we've done Aussie Car, but besides that, let's go into Snedderton. 300, yeah. the place yeah. where I, I scored my only pole position, uh, not pole position, my only podium in Aussie car. Or yeah, it's a, bit, version. 
it's an interesting place for me and you because it's the only place you've scored your podium and it's also the only round of Aussie car that I've ever missed for the uh, Skip Barbers. Uh, so yep. I was um, absent. I believe Port had a Thursday night game. can't remember if it was a final. I feel like it might have been a final, but that could also be a complete lie. Um, and yeah, unfortunately... they made a final, have they? Do they? <sighs> Mate, sitting top four, <laughs> locked in for at least two this season. That's all you need to know. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, headed to Snedderton. Uh, I hadn't driven this track very much at all. Like I said, I did a couple of practice sessions for the Snedderton 200 layout um, when Aussie Car was going 300 shite. Yeah, well, the people definitely spoke with the... Skippies, I suppose. Yeah. They definitely voted with their um, with their skips because it was a very low participation round, um, yeah, which is a bit disappointing. I actually didn't mind it, to be honest. I, I, I hated it when we practiced it for Aussie Car, um, <laughs> but I do have a funny feeling that's due to the fact that I was probably awful <laughs> at the time, um, which made that those two left-right sort of uh, flicks or right-left, yeah, sorry, yeah. for the second one, uh, quite difficult and my skill level was definitely a lot lower than it is now not to say that the skill level right now is incredibly high but it was definitely a lot lower than it was now um so i found it really really difficult and then not actually doing a race there i guess didn't exactly help so um actually <laughs> went and did some practice on friday night because i just hadn't driven there i didn't know the track i didn't know the layout and um alex mckellar kindly asked to see if I wanted to head over and do some practice. So I was doing some practice um, on stream and he said he'll pop on and uh, do some as well, which was really nice. And uh, Nathan uh, came in as well. So the three of us did some practice in official practice uh, for a good sort of hour or so and started to learn the track and I was miles off the pace. So <laughs> like, I think the fastest time in the session was like a 205.6 and I was, you know, struggling to get into the 206s at all. So it was definitely a learning curve. Um, didn't do any... Ra- oh, and then Nathan decided to say, let's just go into a race then. And I'm like, <laughs> trying to protect my eye rating a little bit, you know. No. Don't want to be dropping down, but we bit the bullet and did a, did a race there anyway. And it ended up going okay. It was um, 2,300 is strength of field because the participation was so low, there was only 11 cars. Uh, so it wasn't wasn't a great uh, spectacle. It was just the two splits, and yeah, top split was eleven cars. So Nathan and myself both made the top split. Uh, Nathan didn't have a good run. He had a couple of issues. I can't remember off the top of my head what they were, but I remember they it didn't go well for him. I think he ended up finishing eleventh. Um, but I went okay. I finished fourth. I was sort of um, in no man's land. I uh, lost the draft of the guy in front of me, and I just really wasn't quick enough to catch and. Um, Ended up finishing, uh, yeah, fourth. So 14 seconds off the leader, four seconds off the guy ahead of me, but five seconds ahead of the guy in front of me. So it was sort of a bit of a nothing race, to be honest. But it was good just to get that that feel for the track. Um, and then I did two more races at Snedderton. So I did one on Sunday morning. No, that's a lie. I did one right before bed on saturday night so i was watching some people do the vrs enduro series i was watching daniel gray um and dylan golson do their run um in the enduro series and it just made me feel like racing (laughs) just watching it just made me want to get in the rig so i ended up jumping into the 945 session and doing a race um which again was about 2300 strength of field 
Um, and I had a pretty good race, uh, ended up finishing second, which was good, but a good 12 seconds off uh, Vasco Sorovsky, um, who, yeah, was just too quick for me. And uh, I was still sort of at that point learning the track. I had a pretty big battle with a couple of guys, AJ Rauhala and Louis Garzonio, um, and they were both fighting for ages and holding me up, and I just couldn't get through. It was one of those because there was two people battling in front of me that were taking up all the track, holding me up. And it was just really tricky, but I sort of bided my time until they made a mistake and managed to skip through. Um, and got a second. So that was really nice. And then uh, Sunday uh, decided to jump into the weekly Sunday night's lights race, which again was a pretty low participation round, but the strength of field was just under 3,800. So still some pretty quality drivers in there and oh, man, what a race, <laughs> like just super intense and um, just, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty really happy with how I drove that race, to be honest. I qualified six, so it was still low participation, but some bloody good drivers still turned up, um, 15 cars. Um, and yeah, sort of qualified six, put in a really good second qualifying lap. After the first qualifying lap sort of came in, I was 11th and I was car eleven. Um, but managed to put it in sixth. So that was kind of like, oh, no, I'm right in the thick of things here. Um, and it started off pretty rough, to be honest. I I kind of went backwards at a rate of knots. So first lap, Corey Lean damaged his suspension on one of the big sausage curbs uh, in the first sort of left-right section. Um, and I could see him in front of me, and I could see the sparks, but I couldn't tell if he was actually damaged or if it was just net code playing funny buggers. And as we went around that long right-hander into the last turn, he sort of said, Braden, I'm, I'm damaged. And he skipped off the track at that left-hander. So I actually moved up to fifth. And I thought, wow, like, <laughs> top five. Like, this is going to be great. Like, like <laughs> this is unbelievable. This I mean, yeah. oh, sorry, how can I stuff this up? Um, and then I had Gail Kwabi, Kwabi-san, breathing down my neck and and starting to sort of put some pressure on me. And, and uh, I managed to go really wide coming out of the sort of infield section onto that back straight and went right out in the, in the grass and just kept it pinned to try not to lose as much momentum as possible. But by the time I got back onto the straight, obviously that gave the guys behind me a big run and I lost uh, a spot to Kawabe and also a spot to um, Craig Biley, uh, who you might remember from last week's conversations. <laughs> um <laughs> And as I tried to get in behind him, he took a slightly different line or he just broke a little bit oh, different spot than I again. thought. And no, I did dive bomb him, but it <laughs> sent me wide, which gave the next car behind me a run on me. So yep. all of a sudden I've gone from fifth basically down to eighth and I'm just going backwards at like a rate of knots. Um, then as, as the race, I sort of settled a little bit and as the race sort of continued on, uh, Giuseppe Tellini, who... It was the number two rated car was basically pushing me super hard. And and literally when you talk about dive bombs, like he dive bombed me. I like yeah. I generally was like the first one, it was into the first hairpin. And if it wasn't for me looking in my rear view mirror in the braking zone, like I have no doubt if I had it turned in at my normal spot, he would have just collected me. Like it was yeah. just, uh, it was a, I'm making a move. You make a decision whether you want to be killed or not. That's how, that's how it felt. He made the quarter, but if I had have turned in where I'd normally turn in, like we would have made contact. So he ran me a bit wide. I opened up the steering and managed to hold it a little bit around the outside. And then 
um, he ended up getting me into the next hairpin because I, or the next left-hander because I backed out. Um, and then there was another moment where he must have been behind me again, or it might have happened before that dive bomb actually, where into the second hairpin, he he sent it pretty hard again. And it was one of those ones where he slid into the corner where you just know he had too much momentum. He, he actually slid. And again, I had to open up the steering and take a wide line so that I didn't get hit. Uh, so eventually he made his way past. And then George Maddock made his way past as well, another super speedy guy. And I was just like, all of a sudden I've gone from fifth to 10th or something in a matter of a couple of laps. <laughs> and you know how I feel at the start of Aussie car. Yeah, I just felt like I was getting swamped. Um, I started to get into a rhythm and I was managing to stick with the people I was with. And it got to the point where, you know, there was five seconds back to the next car. I knew that I had, oh, so there's one second back to the next car who I could have lost a position to. But then after that, it was like five or six seconds to the next group. So I was kind of like, look, I basically, as long as I don't make a mistake, I'm on for some SNL points and that's, that's all that really matters. And then that's where things sort of all decided to, <laughs> to go wrong. So Vasco Sarovsky. I don't know what happened, but he disconnected. He had internet problems. So there was a position. Um, Craig Byerly went into the pits for seemingly no reason. Like, I still don't know why he went into the pits. So I don't know if he forgot to top up fuel uh, after qualifying and was running on yeah. not enough fuel that or something like that. Because as soon yeah, as you the... realize you've, you've got to just top up, like there's no, yeah, no point so, pushing on. So he, he gave me a spot. Then... Uh, Julian Afray, the number one car who was going to win the race almost certainly, um, also dropped out from internet issues. So all of a sudden, I've got three positions Jesus. back, and I'm up into up into seventh or seventh or sixth or something. <laughs> and then uh, Giuseppe Tiellini, uh, Tiellini, and George Maddock and Mitchell Nichols, or might have been Kawabe San, were fighting sort of ahead of me, um, and. It was one of those, it's coming to the last couple of laps. There's no way these three make it through together. <laughs> At some yeah. point in time, they are coming. And the way Tallini had been racing that race, it was just a matter of time. I knew that something was going to kick off. And as we were coming into the second hairpin on the second to last lap, um, he basically did exactly what I thought he would do. Uh, dove bomb George Maddock and and hit him and they both turned and parted the season. Kwame San and myself drove straight through the <laughs> middle through. and all of a sudden I was on for a top four. <laughs> so I drove wow. the last lap and I couldn't catch Kwame San. He was too fast for me, but um, ended up with a top four in SNL, which, you know, regardless of the circumstances, there's a couple of people dropping out, the low participation, I'll take that any day of the week. Exactly. That's all you do is say top four. That's all you did. That's all that. Yeah. So, and then obviously we had Aussie car at the Oval. Yeah. So. I guess I'll take over from here and we'll talk about my Aussie car experience and we'll go back to your one. Um, yeah. So I found out after the fact, I had a feeling it probably was right. I didn't really think about it in context, but um, best qualifying result uh, ever, I think, in race one. Um, putting four locked-on cars in the top four positions, pulled out the top two rows was... Not, was, not including me, by the way. I wasn't Not including in that you. So this is... I, I did a post on my personal Facebook the other day. I don't do much on Facebook, but it was just one of those moments where, okay, we've got an oval team. It's split up at the moment because we're heading in different directions because of time scheduling and, and, and stuff like that. But me and Tim have been ovals now for about, what, almost two months. Um, been practicing there. 
and we filled out the top two spots in the oval race for oh, sorry top two of the top four spots in in the oval race for Skippy. So you can see right there, it has all worked. Like we we went to do ovals because we like ovals, but we knew that would help us in other other aspects as well. So to see that come to fruition finally was really cool. Uh, to see Tim Harris up there, to see Matthew Mites up there as always, to see you up there as well. I think we had six of the top ten cars, um, and, and, not, and it wasn't just you, Chastity, Verney, um, Mites at the, at the front. It was, it was these other cars that were coming through, and and for me to get fourth, like <laughs> I've come across the line at that time, and it's got you're you're coming third or whatever in um, in in race lab, not race labs in in crew chief, and I'm like um that okay there's some fast guys to come and then just watching as no one could only one person got ahead of me i'm like oh shit get nervous and nervous if you watch the stream you can see how nervous i got um did my normal thing fell to the back not to the back but fell back about you know five six seven actually it was probably more than that it was probably about 12 posi- uh 10 positions uh it was sort of the top 12 i just wanted to sit like i do in the ovals at the back of the pack but the pack was so huge that was a problem and it was i was getting pushed wide in the in the marbles on cold tires taking the high line which was fine the high line but on cold tires it was just a little bit erratic and i lost it almost lost it into the fence a few times but held on uh to then miss different crashes that happened during the thing and just watching the people you know fall away get about halfway through that track knowing i'm fine for fuel because as we talked about before the race fuel was going to be a problem in that first one um knowing that there was i think eight of us in that top group and just watching, you know, two lanes either side and being at the back of it and knowing there's nowhere to go except for make a third lane. And you'd watch so many people do a third lane and fall out. And then I'm sitting there going, I can definitely, like Sean Doyle's sitting there in the middle. He's got, you've got, I think it was McKellar, Chasty, and everyone down the inside there with you. And I think Harris might have been there as well. And then we had either Clark, one of the Milo cars, I think it was Clark, um, Matthew Mites and me on the outside, and we had Sean Doyle in the middle. And definitely for those last few laps, I talked to Jay about it yesterday when we were recording that thing. I know I could have got a podium, right? I could have easily used that middle line like he did. I could have got in behind him like he could have, me and him could have used that thing to push through for that last lap or two. And I could have got that. And it would have been my first podium in ages. It would have been a great moment. But I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm watching all these people crash and I'm going, that's a locked on car there. That's a locked on car there. That's a locked on car there. <laughs> I don't want to be the person that takes out the whole team because I went for the went for the podium. When... Hey, come on. Wouldn't it be the first time. <laughs> no, well, I've got Chasty there. Chasty's clearly, I didn't, maybe, maybe it was John at the front, but one of, because we it want to be John at the front because McKellar had crashed already. So I'm like, Chasty yeah. at the front. He's got the championship to play for. I know you're right behind him, so you guys are right back in the team's championship, and I'm just sitting here going, there is so much to lose by me trying to go for this podium. I'm just, And I had the pace because there was a few times I ran around the outside of Matthew Mites. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I've just got pace. I've just got to put it somewhere. Just let me be for a moment. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I knew I was fast at the end, and, and I knew I had the lines, and I knew I had, had the things, but I just couldn't use it. <laughs> and that was the sad part. And I tried to... You know, I think well, I was half a second off the win and got eighth, and um, I'm not not up unhappy about that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my f- first race, I'd qualified tenth, so it wasn't a great qualifying. Um, 
though I didn't feel like I did much wrong. It was just like oh, it, it was, was just ten, it was just thousands of seconds. Yeah. yeah, so it was just it was just that close. Um, so yeah, so didn't have a great qualifying, but knew that it didn't really matter as long as I got myself into the position I wanted to be. And basically, not too far into the race, I got myself to the inside lane, which is sort of what where my plan was to do, which is where I wanted to be. It seemed the safest spot, seemed the easiest to be consistent, and sort of as we saw in practice, it was pretty easy to dictate what was going to happen from that position. Yeah. Um, and basically sat there the whole race. <laughs> so that, that was pretty much my race. I just sat there at the end. I tried to go to the inside, uh, down onto the apron to cross the line. Um, and I had a good run, but Chastity yeah, <laughs> went in, and I had to pull out of it. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just take fifth, I guess. So that was gone very much. badly. Yeah, I wasn't going to rear end Chastity and you know, <laughs> risk, risk, risk that. But the worst part was just in my non-concentration and it was yeah. so weird because you were just so locked into turning left for that whole time. Like you're just watching who's close to me, making sure you don't go too far into the apron and making sure you don't rear in, rear in the car ahead. That once it was all done, it was sort of like a oh, deep breath moment and I just let off the accelerator, started to slow down, slowly putting the foot on the, the brake to, to get off the track because of my zero X. Not really thinking hey there's probably cars behind you and as as soon as i started to slow down uh tim harris rear-ended me and we both got 4x and lost our 0x bonus so that wasn't great for the team but um yeah i guess it's that was just me not really thinking and just yeah it's an oval not a track where you could just pull off you know i'll quickly talk about the the intensity of the race like okay you put your foot on the accelerator and you turn left Cool. Every now and then you swap feet because your right foot's getting sore. That's what I <laughs> yeah. was doing. <laughs> you say that to anyone, okay, cool. Yeah, boring as hell. There was not a moment that you weren't on the edge of your seat. Your muscles weren't tense because yeah. you had the wall there. You had two cars to your inside and cars behind and in front that you had to say the exact same speed as if you lost the tail a little bit, you were going to cause a multiple car pileup. And mm. then you had to be ready to see when the multiple car pileup was going to happen. So you had to then avoid that without taking anyone else out because you had all the cars on your inside and your outside to worry about. Yeah, it was definitely and then interesting. Always trying to work out, well, how can I get in front of the car in front? And then just realizing you can't. That's <laughs> yeah. <it>. yeah <laughs> Once they're three wide, that's it. It's the slowest way to get around the track, as we talked about in the Discord. But you can't get past anyone. Yeah. There's no way. But that's what Dover is. So we know a lot for next season, if it's in next season, which I think he's already said it will be. But that's race one. Now, race two didn't go so well for yourself, but didn't go too bad because it was a race of attrition. Um, yeah. Well, it was I, going great. I like it. Let, let's, let's, let's not beat around the bush. It was going, it was a, what, 56 lap race in the end or something? Yeah, 56, um, 58, yeah. I think 56 laps. But... So it went great for 55 and a half laps. Yeah. <laughs> or 55 and a third laps. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, yeah, it just all came apart. But, yeah, look, I, I qualified 12th in that one or 13th or something rather. It was I, I felt 15th. in my one, 15th, there you go. I felt in my one lap. I didn't. I didn't do a few things right. I was only about a 0.7 or 0.07 of a second off my thing, my, my lap that got me second, a uh, fourth, sorry, in the first race, but people got faster and 0.07 was a long, long time in qualifying. So yeah. uh, unfortunately, that put me deep in the field. Um, I then went deeper, but I was always holding on to that tail, even though that when there was a few little slip-ups and crashes, 
I would then be able to get back onto the tail, no problems at all. I just sat there. That's where I wanted to be, save fuel, watch what was going on, just make sure I missed accidents, not be doing anything stupid. Because the race was the final 10 laps, not the first 10 laps, not the middle 10 laps or anything like that. Then there was, I think it was the Missed Apex Boys um, came together and I only barely missed them. But the problem with that was I had to lose a lot of speed to barely miss them. And that then put me two seconds off, three seconds off the pack. Now, he put me back into Tim Corn's presence and Jeremy Bush was around there. Um, and then we sort of worked together. No, Jeremy was later on. So we, me and Tim worked together and we were catching we were catching the lead thing. And then I think someone might've got in the way, but we sort sort of, you know, I think it was just actually Leon was there and Leon was then holding someone else back. And then we, me and Tim were just swapping over and each corner and we were, we were catching, like we, we got right up there and then pits came. So we had to jump, drive into the pits just as we caught you guys. Um, and my pit stop was like four seconds slower than everyone else's, which hurt me. I was about point, I was literally point eight coming back out on the track behind Tim Corn, and I'm like, oh, I've just got to hold on, and I couldn't. And then he got with Brady, who had a bad pit stop as well, which then helped him skip away from me. And then you know what the cars were like on cold tires, they were nightmares. And it was just a matter of holding on there, but it was eight seconds, 10 seconds down the pack, down the, down the, the line to the pack. Now, if I had have been able to, if, if Tim hadn't have caught Brady and got the speed to jump away from me, I could have stayed with Tim. Me and him could have jumped up because they eventually caught. They they cut down that that six seven second barrier, and and I would have been. I just wanted to be on the lead pack, which was all you needed to do, as as the end showed, and just avoid the carnage. Um, but yeah, me and Jeremy then, um, and Darren Lassoo did a really good job of not getting in our way. Me and Jeremy hopscotched each other, and then we ran into Sean McKenzie, who was a couple laps down, and sort of persisted on that inside line and we couldn't jump each other anymore so then we just left ourselves to okay well this is where we're going to finish let's just wait to the line and I'm not going to say that I took the foot off the pedal to let Jeremy go past but I felt bad being finishing in front of him after what I did do in last week so uh was a seventh or something which was a great result but that's obviously because of what happened up front Braden <laughs> yeah, well, I actually had a better qualifying in the one lap qualifying, which was nice. So managed to put it in P5. Um, and again, got to the spot that I wanted to be, just dropped myself down behind Chasty and and basically sat between second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, depending on who was on the outside and who was in the middle of Chasty and I for, for basically the whole race. Um, we noticed sort of halfway through the race that, we basically had five locked on cars or four locked on cars patrolling the first four rows, but all on the inside uh, line and basically meant that we dictated the race. Like it was, it wasn't yep. until probably 20 or 18 odd laps in that we really went, hold on a second. No one can pit until we want to pit. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was interesting. So it was just a bit of a, another dynamic. I think it might've been Jeremy or it might've been Tim who, who called it out. And it was funny because it had been ticking over in my head for a couple of laps, but I just hadn't verbalized it yet. Um, so we kind of held that line, just going around line of stern, not trying to, you know, run into anyone or, or yep. have anything kick off. And, and 
Chasty was obviously using all of the fuel because he was at the yeah. front of the pack and towing everyone around. So he eventually had to pit. So he decided to pit. And before that, Mitzi and I were sort of talking, like, well, do we pit with Chasty? Do we try and pit after? And we sort of decided, look, let's go one lap longer than Chasty for a couple of reasons. One being that if Mites was able to time it right and push himself to the front, then we would still hold that inside line, which meant we could still dictate if we wanted to come in yet or not. And we might even, if we wanted to, try and hang someone like Alex, who was also at the front of the pack, out to dry a little bit because we yeah. both would have been able to run a lot longer than him and he would have had to really slow down to try and make his way into the pits. So that could have been an option. But as it turned out, uh, I think Alex John come across and, and got into that sort of front position anyway. So we didn't yep. really have that option. But the main reason was we didn't want to come in with Chasty and risk maybe rear-ending him, trying to go into the pits <laughs> too fast or something like that. So It, it was, was just really like weird the watching the option. broadcast because one locked-on car peeled off at a time every lap. Yeah. Like, so, oh, what are these guys so, doing? Anyway. Yeah, so Chasty peeled off and then the next lap, Mitesy and I both came in. And as we basically came into the pits, that's where the first bit of action sort of started to kick off. And I can't remember who it was that wrecked, but there was quite a big wreck. So I, I went into the Alex pits. that was John, um, Russ. Yeah, no. that wasn't Russell. There was, it took uh, out Clayton Davies anyway. I think that was when Sean actually, Sean and Alex John came together, which yep. then ran over Clayton Davies, but Sean got out of it without a wing but was fine yeah so so not 100 percent sure yeah what happened but um i came into the pits and had a really good stop i i fueled myself shortish but over what it said i needed to go to the end so i knew hey you've been sitting in the draft you obviously fuel is a lot lower than it should be it's telling me I needed, say, I think it said 4.6 litres to get to the end or something yeah. um, on top of whatever I had left in the tank. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll fuel up 5.5. You know, uh, that's a litre over, should give me safe. That's at least another four laps more than what it's telling me I should need. That probably is okay. Little did I know, I came out in the lead, which is obviously <laughs> a big problem when you've decided to not take on too much fuel. Um uh, so when I saw that, I did sort of a lap and all of a sudden my fuel was just dropping, so I'd gone from saying you've got um, an extra uh, one litre spare to all of a sudden it's only 0.6 litres spare. And then as I'm getting around to the end of the next lap, all of a sudden it's saying, hey, if you keep going at this rate, you're only going to have uh, like you're going to cough as you go across the line. And then basically by the time uh, Russell had pitted and this others were starting to sort of shake out of their spots. Like I've realized I'm in big trouble here. There's no way I make the finish if I keep going around in front. So I noticed um, John Schultz was coming and I thought, you know what, I've just got to lift off a little bit here and, and tuck in behind. And basically Alex, jo uh, Alex McKellar caught up with him as well. And I basically just went, you know, what? I'm just going to sit behind these guys. I was basically going around two thirds to a half throttle basically every lap, most of the lap and just sitting in um, Alex McKellar's draft because yeah, I just, I wouldn't have made it home if I didn't. Um, so a bit of a miscalculation on my own behalf, but I just, I just genuinely wasn't expecting to come out in front. I just assumed yeah. that some of those guys that had pitted before like Chasty, et cetera, would have made, made the ground and, and you know, the pit stops wouldn't have been so dramatically different that I was going to really take the lead of the race. 
So tucked in behind them, and then as we're getting close towards the end of the race, there's a wreck, and yep. Chasty dives to the inside, just misses getting clipped, and I follow him through, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm behind Chasty. We've got Alex on our outside. I, I'm almost <laughs> guaranteed a podium here. Like yeah. uh, Rus- Russell had been sort of knocked back a little bit because of the because of the crash. Um, and we're coming into the final lap. We go into turn one. We come out of well, turn one and two. We come out of turn two, and Chasty's made his move. He's drifted out wide. He's used the extra momentum he's got from the draft to sort of try and get to that middle lane that Sean used yep. in the first race. And I thought, bingo, I'm going to follow him through. I'm going to go around that line as well. So I start to slowly drift out, and basically the timing of Russell having the better run from already being in that middle line and the timing of me coming across almost perfectly coincides with the time we get to that same position. And, yep. you know, I didn't have a spotter call because he wasn't there yeah. and he probably wasn't expecting to get to my spot as quick as he did. And it was just a combination of basically perfect, well, not perfect timing. <laughs> and yeah. he clipped the backside of my right wheel and I got sent flying into the wall and he drives off and gets a podium. So, <laughs> so, so I wasn't very happy at the time. And as you do when you're in the car, and I think I said this in a message to Alex McKellar during the week, like you just can't see anything from the cockpit, you know, like no. any, anyone who almost goes off at anyone on the radio before they've gone and had a look at the replay, like you're just guessing. Like, yeah. I could have sworn that he just came and hit my rear. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't even realize I drifted out as far as I had. Mm. It was always the intention was to follow Chasty through, but I still felt like I was so close to the apron. And then when you go back and watch the replay, like it was very clear that I drifted basically a car length across to try and follow Chasty's line. And, and the timing we had just was, you know, the perfect, yeah. com- perfect storm. And, yeah, so thankfully though, half the field had already wrecked out, so it only dropped me to it. It only dropped 11th. me to eleventh, whereas I thought I was going to finish about twenty fourth. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was well that well it doesn't end well, but it, yeah. it was all, all good. I, I said to Russell, like, I hope you don't. If you go back and watch any of the streams and you hear me just <laughs> screaming and anger and disappointment and pain, like it's not directed at you. It's just I was just bloody frustrated because I'd been concentrating so hard for those 60 laps that I felt like I'd done apart from, you know, under feeling a little bit, everything perfect for this whole 90 laps that we'd been around here in the two races and to have it sort of snatched away in the last literally half a lap, we just sucked. It was just pure pain, (laughs) but it's all right. It happens. It does. So, look, that's been what happened. I haven't raced anything else this week. I really want to do a hill climb, but um, we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, so let's move into the news and the let's just go into the news, which is brought to you today by CD Symptography. So go check out Clayton on Facebook. Clayton Davies is a legend. Uh, he takes really, 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 really good photos, honestly. Um, go CD Symptography on Facebook if you want to get some photos done. Uh, he's a good lad. He supports us. So go support him even just by sharing his content on your facebook page when he shares it is is a heap of help so definitely go help him out with that uh let's move into the actual the news so we've had all the information basically dropped for the e-series this week we now know who's racing in it partly we've we know what the what the what the the makeup is going to be so basically e-series as we've mentioned before it's going to be this is the supercars uh tv broadcasted uh through uh channel 7 ko foxtel all this kind of stuff 
virtual series in iRacing that's happening. If you don't know what's going on, Cash Converters is sponsoring it. We won't talk too much about them, but we will talk <laughs> about the E-Series itself. Now, there's a Pro Series and there's an All-Star Series. You would think the Pro Series is the Pro Drivers, but the Pro Drivers are actually the <laughs> best of the virtual series races. The All-Stars are just the stars, you know, the, yep. the actual drivers from the, the Supercars and Super 2 Series. Uh, I have We have to talk about it, right? I was going to say, some might say protected species, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the All-Stars are racing on only oval races. Except and Bathurst, yeah. Okay, so I look. The question was asked by everyone: What's going on here? Look, I'm going to say it. I'm going to call it as it is. Uh, I assume majority of those drivers have only signed up because the fact that they only have to turn left, as we talked about before. It's it's intense and it's crazy, but this is definitely making it a lot easier for the all stars to come across and look like they're competent, which doesn't isn't always the case when you chuck them on things like cool they know Phillip Island they race Phillip Island all the time but Phillip Island in a, in an i racing series is just that little bit different especially when you've got to control a car that you don't get the same feedback from and it's purely that these guys are the best at what they do but you yep. don't get all the feedback in a simulator we just talked about it. you can't physically turn around and see that unless you're in VR you don't get the g forces you don't get all that kind of stuff unless you've got a full proper rig you don't get the horizon moving around you don't like there's there's a whole heap of stuff that these people just don't get so they can't be and, the best of their game best and not to mention that that they're probably going to be all on different equipment some are going yep. to go hey I need to take this really seriously so they're going to splash out and get the top of the range stuff some might be like this is a joke I'm just going yep. to chuck my Logitech or my whatever on on a desk and I'm just going to race from here kind of thing. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, they've got brands to protect. They've got their exactly. own personal brand to protect. So they don't want to come out and do this thing and all of a sudden have, I don't know, say SVG who loves racing in the sim, does it all the time, practices day in, day out, coming in and absolutely smashing them by, you know, tens and tens of seconds and yep. all of a sudden these other drivers are looking like hey uh, these are supposed to be professional drivers and they're you know getting wiped uh, yep. like this you know they, they don't want that as well so i get it from a brand protection point of view um maybe we're wrong maybe there's another reason behind it but i guess as an outsider looking in and with someone with not any inside knowledge of of it that's certainly how i guess it's the perception isn't it yeah, definitely. And look, Charlotte, Pocono, Daytona, Michigan, Bristol are the ovals. Like majority of them, Bristol's the one. I don't know Michigan off the top of my head, but it feels like it's a big one. But Bristol's definitely the one that's not out of that. Like Pocono, we know that's a tri-oval. There is a little bit of uh, nuance with the, the throttle control there. Charlotte is pretty much flat stick. Um little bit of throttle control. Daytona's definitely flat stick. Uh, and then Mount Panorama, everyone should be able to race around Mount Panorama. Um, so, look, I'm excited to watch it because, honestly, the 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 ones I watched with the ovals in it were some of the best racing I've seen, and, and anyone can win. And the tactics, especially when you watch the streams and you actually listen to the to their actual drive um, driver managers or the, the spotters that are racing with them, like some of that stuff's the best content I've, I've seen in the E-Series anyway. So... That is what's happening. 25th of August is the first race. That's next week. Um, 
we will have some content around it. We've got some news we'll talk about uh, at the end of the podcast, so hang around for that. Um, but every Wednesday through to the 29th of September, there is a race on. Now, the pro drivers, which we haven't had them all announced yet, there's some significant people that haven't been named, which we assume will have to come in because they didn't go in the draft, which we'll talk about in a sec, uh, are racing on the same night and 25th of August through the 29th of September. However, they're going to Red Bull Ring, Long Beach, Road America. There's a fan's choice one in there for round four, uh, Mount Panorama, and then finishing at Phillip Island, which is where the draft um, all was all set. Now, the draft's actually going on tomorrow night. By the time you listen to this, it'll be that Wednesday night. We will have all the teams sorted out after that. But what do you think of that layout for... The pro drivers. Yeah, some very different tracks. Obviously, Red Bull Ring, um, you know, GP track, quite open. A um, lot of fun in the skippy we, we found out. It was good fun. Mm-hmm. Well, well, hold on, I should say. It was, it was fun until <laughs> Some people there, had but, fun. <laughs> yeah, some people <laughs> had disasters. But no, it was a good fun track to drive there. Um, Long Beach, obviously, street circuit. Then you got Road America, um, which is, you know, quite a technical, technical little track. Um, yeah. And, you know, some interesting corner combinations there, which I think would be pretty fun to watch in the in the V8 Supercar. And then, obviously, you got your two Aussie, um, you know, mainstays in Mount Panorama yeah. and Phillip Island. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool pretty cool layout. I don't know if I like having Mount Panorama as the second to last race. Just chuck it as the last race. And I don't know if that's me just being biased now because we've done it as the last race for Aussie cars yeah. so many times that it, it feels like it's just meant to be the last race. But, um yeah, I don't know. Don't know about finishing at Phillip Island. It just seems a bit, oh, I bit love weird. Island. Oh, so do I. But I think it sort I of just, fits yeah. with the series because you don't finish at Mount Panorama. Generally, you don't. We did True. last year, I think. So, yeah. Um, but look, what I really want to see though is just at least one round where we get the top six or seven of the pro dri- of the all star drivers and chuck them in. Like we know Giz, we know how much he puts that effort into this, and we know how much he loves racing. The, the sim and we know there's other v8 drivers out there that do as well like the kasekis love it as well chuck them in with the um pro chaz. drivers chaz definitely yeah so look chuck them in with the pro drivers and just see a, a race where they get to race in it as well the only that. other thing i would have loved to see is um maybe like an enduro or something where they paired up or you know mm-hmm. have a pro, yep. have a pro with an all-star or something like that i think that would have been really cool or you know some kind of interaction between the two rather than them being completely separate. Well, um, the yeah. Bount Panorama race is an enduro for the All-Stars. I don't know how that's going to work. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so the, but that would be amazing as well, especially if they could do some synergy between the teams um, yeah. as well. So talking about teams, we've got the qualifiers for the, the draft. Now, Brady Myers, um, name everyone knows, was the fastest of the draftees. So we got 128.9. Two, three around Phillip Island is nuts. So well done to Brady Myers. Just pipped uh, Griffin Gardner. So they're both going in there. Uh, the very the podcast zone Emily Jones qualified as well. Sam Blacklock, uh, Corey Shepherd, who did some extremely good racing on the weekend in the Enduro, which we'll talk about later on with Jay uh, Blake Purdy, Ryan Wood, Simon Fiegel, Kurt Stenberg, and Wayne Burke round out the ten that are going to be fighting it out this week to see who they get in the draft, which teams they'll end up um, being racing for. Hmm. Like you said, noticing some missing names. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and then we go on to, so we'll go from there, right, to um, Pi. They've announced Pi will return for the All-Stars, so Scotty Pi will be racing. Um, that he he was he was pretty excited about it the, the first time and like he streamed it and all that kind of stuff so um it's not surprising to see him come back um then from there we've got um all Matt Stone racing uh, have um, unveiled their their livery which is a yellow um yellow carver uh looks pretty cool um that's, yeah that's all we've really got there i'm trying to quickly flick through this stuff um but bp ultimate have um announced their lineup uh which is the team that emily was racing for so it's strange that she didn't get to go back there but um so while pro gamer james scott uh will contest the pro series uh thomas randall will uh line up in the all-stars so that's where James Scott ended up, if, if people were wondering, after his great race on the weekend, which we'll talk about soon. Um, so that that's where they're going to go. It's The interesting one is um, Gilliam is going to be with MSR as well, by the look of it, as, uh, according to this as well. So Matt Stone Racing, sorry. Um, Zane Goddard, Jake Kosecki uh, will be in the all-star spot. Andrew Gilliam will represent the Pro Series. Um, so we haven't heard from Brad Jones Racing, which we know Madison Down is affiliated with or was. Um, we haven't heard, obviously, uh, there's a lot of these teams that are going to be taking on the um, the draftees. Uh, so that's that's where some of it's going to come from. Um, we expect it is expected that six teams, including Shell V Power Racing, will select a driver out of the draft. So, this where do the rest turn? Like, I know I think I saw Phil Cell was racing with someone. Yeah, um, I think he's racing with uh, Erebus. Yes, er- Erebus. Yeah. Erebus. Yep, that's where I saw him. So, I'm just trying to find that one that post, but um, because that is one that I I linked to you as well, but um. Erebus, three cars for the E-Series. There we go. Um, Brody Kostecki uh, will be in the All-Stars. Job Stewart will be the pro gamer as always. Jared Philsell. So that's a huge signing for them as well. Uh, Hampstead, second in the championship of, of V8 Scops. Like, where are these guys? They didn't even uh, put in a time for um, for the draft. So they yeah. obviously know something's coming. Also, I noticed, like, I'm not sure, but last E-Series, wasn't Forzen Elnabi around the place yep. as well? He, he he was definitely a part of it. So there's a few noticeable names, I suppose, from the community that are missing um, as well. So um, I guess if anyone has any contacts to help us uh, yeah, cover this be- better, please feel I, free I, to hit us up. <laughs> I assume after the draft, we'll get everyone a flood of information of, hey, yep. this is what's happening. Um, so... We look forward to hearing about that. Bit Just before we do move on, um, it is interesting because, you know, you talked about Scott Pye being super excited and how he sort of did his stream and stuff last time um, we yeah. went around this sort of rodeo. Um, and it, it is funny because, you know, I'd love to be able to chat with someone like Scott Pye one day because genuinely speaking, he's probably the reason why I'm doing iRacing now because yeah. there was nothing better than after I've watched, you know, the Foxtel broadcast of the e-series while we were stuck in covid lockdown last year then jumping on twitch and um sitting and 
watching and listening as him and um, SVG sort of did their <laughs> post-race debriefs. Like it, it yeah. genuinely gave me an interest in iRacing and I definitely wouldn't be racing. I definitely would be sitting here talking to you on a podcast about um, iRacing if it wasn't for probably those streams. So yeah, um, yeah it's just an interesting I have, interesting I have had the pleasure of sitting there for like hours talking to Scotty Pye just randomly. Uh, him and uh, David Wall at, at Bathurst once. I don't think I've mentioned it before. That was in the, with, uh, with DJR and fascinating man with many stories because he's done so much. He's absolutely he's a good old so Adelaide much. boy as well. Okay, so I didn't know that. So he's a terrible person. Sorry. <laughs> no, Scotty Pye, if you're listening. We know you are. Um, come on the show. <laughs> Hit us up. Contact us at lockedonlads.com.au. Um, jump in the Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord. Anyway, <laughs> so we stuffed up last week, as you might have known. So we recorded on a Tuesday night. We talked about how the hill climb was coming. We didn't know when, how good it looked, what was it going to be, all this kind of stuff. And then I asked, I woke up in the morning and it's out. Cool, go get it now. And this is what it all is. So all the content we created last week was pretty much null and void before I'd even started editing it. Uh, put it out anyway because it's content. So sorry about that. Hill Climb's out. No one's here between us has actually raced it yet. But we do know some stuff. So there is an uphill and a downhill. Uh, they started with four different time trials. You get... Two, two chances at it, is it? Is, that's where it's at? I haven't 100% looked at it, but... Your guess is as good as mine, unfortunately. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, I think it's... Yeah, so there is just... There's four official time trials that you can do at it, right? So there was the rally cars. There was the Pro Truck the pro truck 4s, I think it was. There was the V and there was the MX-5s. That basically gave some free people a chance to go at it and the people who wanted to have some fun on it with the trucks and then the actual proper rally rally cross stuff at it so i did see bo albert was sitting in the top eight uh top 10 at one stage as well in the rally car so well done to him but it spawned some interesting things now i'm so keen to try a box cart derby on this track because you can do the descent in a v and you limit the fuel to zero so you start rolling and you've got to get to the bottom as quick as you can and now i've seen you can put multiple cars on the track at once which is really cool um, all these sort of ants questions were answered. You can race whatever car you want. So there's people doing IRO ones up there. There's V8 supercar hill climbs. There's all kinds of hill climbs. But I really just want to do a descent in a V with no fuel. These guys, it's very bumpy as well. Is the thing we're seeing, and it's very easy to lose a wheel off the back. And I've seen a lot of footage of that. Have you watched any of the videos yet? Have you got any thoughts on the content? Not really, to be honest. Um, I just haven't had a chance. It's yep. um, something I definitely, I, I I will explore. I think it looks like a lot of fun. I just, it's just the wrong time for me. I'm just focusing so hard on the skips that any sort of time that I've had, I've sort of been dedicated to try and race those. So um, it does look like a little bit of fun. I just, for me, I just wish there was more. There's no pathway. There's no next step it's just drive this car up and then if you get bored of that drive another car up <laughs> like yep. I, I guess for me i just yeah i don't know it's not a world i could probably dive into just yet um and yeah especially not to, at the expense of trying to get better at these skips so yeah so like i said a, a lot of wait and see stuff to happen with this i think there's a lot of potential if they want to take this seriously we need multiple multiple hill climbs and we need you know a full series dedicated to it i don't know how that looks i guess it's a how good 
12 week season, right? There's 12 hill climbs. You get two cracks at it for the week. You, your best time counts. And then it's like a rally series. So if you're two seconds off the lead, you go into the next race two seconds off the lead and you've got to try and gain that back. And then over the 12 week season, you've got a full rally, like a rally series where it's like the Tour de France or whatever else. It's, it's you, you keep on creeping up and creeping up because your time is slightly better or slightly worse. And you have a bad week, mm. you drop way down the standings. Like, how that's where I want to see it. Yep, I would agree. Okay, so let's do that iRacing. Thank you very much. And we'll there you move go. on to che- checks in the mail. Thanks. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the results that is this week brought to you by driversclub.net.au. Let's quickly go over what driversclub.net.au can do for you. Uh, so the lovely Cole Stevens has joined our Discord and, and helping us all out with this. They have memberships that run three, six, and 12 months. Now, the 12 month membership is only 10 bucks, gives you access to all their events. Simple as. Uh, Drivers Club at the moment has the Drivers Club Hard and Fast uh, series, sorry, uh, which is like we said before, it's the current spec and the 2014 V8. Uh, the next race, there's two races this season to go. The next one's at Iowa, which is on the 24th of August, the so next Tuesday, uh, finishing up at Sakuba in the 2000 short version on the 7th of um, of September. So races run fortnightly, which is good. I don't mind that because it gives you a week off. The broadcast, this one is broadcast on Race Stars TV. Uh, there's also the V IndyCar series. So the V IndyCars, um, the next race for that is the 17th of August. So that is tonight. That's why is not getting it back to me um, about the results. It's Legends. Uh, it's at the Charlotte Legends RC course, Formula V ones. So there's tonight and then two more races of that finishing on the 17th, the 14th of September. Then there is a new series that starts on the 22nd of September and it will be um, broadcast live on Race Stars TV. So if you want a fully broadcast uh, series that's going to expand, maybe driversclub.net.au is for you. For 10 bucks for 12 months, a pretty cheap little investment to get some pretty cool fun racing. Check them out, driversclub.net.au. Let's move on to the results, Braden. We are going way over, as always. But to make it easier, we've pre-recorded some stuff. So we got Jay Kennedy in during the week because, quickly, you watched a little bit of this. V8 Scops went to um, Imola for the first Enduro of the season for the 500. What did you quickly think? What were your thoughts? Well, first of all, very sad that our very own uh, Chasty couldn't get himself into the can I quickly race. issue an apology here? This is my apology time. I, I named his driving partner as a certain name. I'm not allowed to call him by that name. It's Shervo. I'm sorry, Shervo. <laughs> I apologize. I take it all back. It is my fault. It was just bad preparation, bad podcasting hosting. So I apologize for that. But yes, they didn't make the field. Yeah, I'm so sure. stacked field, um, oh which was God, incredible. Was stacked. So stacked that they even extended the, the list. So we they initially had 40 cars and, yeah, moved out to 45. So, uh, yeah, so I guess first of all, just I know how much work he's been putting into, you know, qualifying and stuff like that and trying to get better. And, um, yeah, so sucked that he couldn't make it, but hopefully uh, they'll be able to get in for the next one. Um, I yeah, have heard the I'll, next one's getting even more stacked. But anyway, yeah, go. <laughs> Honestly, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. it. It it just makes, and it was part of the reason why I sent a message um, 
in Discord saying like, hey, does anyone feel like doing the Enduro on Saturday night? Just because between yeah. watching that and uh, watching the VRS that I was watching on um, Saturday night, like it just reminded me how much fun and how interesting um, team racing the, the Enduro and, t- and team racing is. Uh, but yeah, it, it was awesome. The broadcast was well done. Um, the storylines throughout the race just went well. The commentary team of... Beauty and the Geek's very own Lucky Mansell. Uh, Lucky Mansell? No, sorry. Yeah, yeah Lucky Mansell, I was right. And yeah. um, uh, Ryan Jones being back on the comms. And yeah, it was just, it was all good times. Good times all around. It was a dream around. team. A dreamy team or a dream team? Yeah. It yeah, was, so uh... no, it was awesome. It was awesome. I guess I won't talk too much about the actual results and stuff because I'm sure uh, you'll hear from those in a second from Jay. But it was, yeah, really good. If you haven't ever watched a Scops broadcast, uh definitely tune in for the enduro series because they're, they're mega good fun yeah so we have an enduro length uh little chat with jay right here right now now it does cover the support series which went on on friday night so buckle up and listen to what was an extremely controversial finish to an extremely amazing race i still don't understand how the result they got to it but they did but he take it away jay and welcome Jay Kennedy to the podcast yet again. How are you, mate? I'm very good. I'm hanging around like a bad smell over the last few weeks, aren't I? You are. You're pretty much the fifth host or third host. I don't know how many hosts we've got at the moment, just two probably. But you look, hang around as long as you want, mate. Bad smells attract things, and that's what we want, attracting downloads. So, Oh, I don't know about that. You're doing a great job of it, mate. You're doing a great job. No, we're here to talk about, we had the biggest... You or the only enduro so far for the year. Let's go that way uh, for Scops. But we also had a little bit of support series in the flat sixes and the legends over the weekend. And you're the man that watches, has to watch every single second of it. So you're the man to get if we want to talk about it. So what a weekend of racing, mate. What happened? We'll start at the beginning, I guess. Yeah, we'll start at the start. And uh, we had, of course, the flat sixes and the trucking legends series running on Friday night as part of our Scops supports. And uh, Riley Preston, had a uh, lights the flag win in race number one, absolutely dominated and broke away very, very early. But battle for second was pretty intense for a lot of the race. Kobe Jones, Dan Yeaman, Matt Danson and Thomas Hins, all four of those were having a good battle, but Kobe Jones was able to break away. Yeaman finishing in third. Matt Danson in his first ever uh, V8's got support race. He's taking over Bo Albert's seat in that series while Bo focuses on his rallycross commitments. Focuses, and, uh, yeah, I'm using inverted commas. commas yeah, there, no, yeah. well, I, actually, I will say that Bo does spend a lot of time uh, on that, so he's already uh, well and truly in world championship mode. No, is Bo, is. but yeah, he's doing very well. Uh, he is doing well. Um, yeah, but Danson did a really good job as well in his first race, uh, picking up a fourth in race one. Interesting with that, though, Thomas Hins finishing fifth. It's the first race for the entire season of the flat sixes that Thomas Hins did not finish on the podium, being the championship leader. So. Wow. Interesting for that, that uh, that Hinsey finished where he did and uh, he lost a bulk amount of points back to Riley Preston, who now has closed in that championship lead that Hinsey had. Well, that's really good to hear. No one wants to see a one-sided race, but Thomas Hinsey is one of those guys who can drive anything. So, yes, well, good to see. Um, it's, Daniel Yeaman did a fastest lap of the la- race in lap 17, so charging home strong, so really putting the pressure on Kobe at the end there. Yeah, definitely was uh, coming on strong at the end, but just couldn't quite close in uh enough to get the the gap down as the the track sort of didn't really favor the drivers too much it 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 was a little bit warmer than they were expecting um being a morning condition race it was it was fairly warm considering the time of day that we were running so 
the drivers were a little bit caught out by that in that first race, but the second race was absolutely intense. A really, really cool battle with Matt Danson beating Riley Preston in that one to pick up his first win in uh, second as well. Yeah, so Matt Danson's first road win on a SimSpeed broadcast. He's won plenty of races on other broadcasts <laughs> with his uh, oval racing stuff, but to win in the Porsche, he said he has hardly raced it. It was more racing in the flat sixes because he wanted, his words, he wanted to learn the track more ready for V8 Scops on Sunday. So he raced in that and, and to pick up a win in and beating a former world championship driver in Riley Preston, I reckon it's pretty impressive effort. And uh, only two tenths of a second in the end between them. They battled the entire race, and it was a really, really good battle to watch. So uh, well done to Danson. And then Thomas Hins once again back to the podium, so all things back to being <laughs> regular. Yeah, got himself back to the podium and uh, now uh, leads the championship by 39 points. And the, the interesting side note to that is Riley Preston would be leading the championship if he didn't have penalty points from other races for incidents. So... Uh, the the penalties that Riley got earlier on in the championship are coming back to bite him now, and uh, he'll time. find himself fighting that extra little bit harder. The next round for them will be at Bathurst as part of our massive weekend of broadcasts, and uh, that'll be on the Friday night as part of the, the V8 Scops Bathurst 1000 weekend. What's the date for this massive weekend of racing I've seen already organised? Look, good question. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. It's five <laughs> weeks away. Uh, okay. Yeah. End of so September, like, nice. Yeah, end of so. September. Yeah, 17th, 18th, and 19th of September. Excellent. Definitely check out Sim Speed for all that. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday racing is going to be crazy. It's going to be an, an intense weekend. Um, plenty of stuff planned and uh, plenty of stuff announced around what we're doing with V8 Scops over the coming days. But yeah, Flat Sixes will be on the Friday night support card. Um, V8s will be featured as well as Trucking Legends as well with the, the final race for the Legends. And of course, shootouts and qualifying and everything. I think we're doing 13 or 14 hours of live broadcasting just for V8 Scott's Bathurst weekend and on top of everything else we've got uh, that weekend as well. So we, there's no skippy support races in there. That's a sad thing though. That's it is really a little sad. bit, but but the, part of that was that we've run the, the full V8 support series to yeah. try and get uh, a group of guys that want to race the cars each and every round. Previously, we've done races where anyone can join and things like that. And they sort of turned into a little bit of a mess uh, with people not playing it serious. But the fact that we've got a championship that guys are now going to have to work for, and that is going to be an important round for them championship-wise, will sort of should hopefully make the racing a little bit better. Definitely. So let's move on to the Legends. Yep. Trucking Legends, a little bit of a smaller field, uh, of course, for the 10-minute race. But uh, Brett Loxton was able to hold off Daniel Stevens in the end. Uh, they had a very, very intense little battle going back and forth in regards to, to lap uh, pace. Reese Gardner had a uh, a really, really good qualifying time, qualifying P2, but he uh, ended up at the back of the field early on in the race and had to redeem himself, get himself back through the field, got back to sixth, and uh, Dan Stevens finishing second to consolidate his championship lead in the Trucking Legends. Only two rounds left in the Trucking Legends, which will be, of course, two weeks at uh, Phillip Island as part of uh, the Phillip Island 500 weekend. And then, of course, Bathurst, that'll be on, I believe it's going to be on the Saturday night. And rather than a normal 10-minute race, it'll be a 20-minute race. So double the length in these cars around Bathurst. I'm very excited for that because (laughs) these things race surprisingly well on the road courses. I mean, 
we we think of them liken them to the Aussie racing car, but they actually drive a little bit like it as well, and they do race like it. Draft very very dependent, so it's going to be yeah. a very very cool race. As I forgot to mute my phone. I'm good. That's good because I forgot to mute mine as well. All good. <laughs> okay, so everything then happened in the first enduro of the season. Besides the fact that we had an absolutely stacked field, it was a nightmare trying to get in. I know a few people were disappointed they couldn't even get into the 45 strong field. Um, we've got real life race um, V8 race drivers in this. We've got all kinds of things happening. Take it through. What happened from the start? We had a, a really good effort from James Scott to get on the front of the grid after a marathon shootout. Yeah, well, b- before that, talking about trying to get in, we had one of our biggest ever turnouts in pre-qualifying for an endurance race. So <laughs> we cast our mind back 12 months to Bathurst, which is always a 50-car race. We only yep. had 51 cars attempt to qualify. This round, we had it originally set at a 40-car grid. Uh, we were going to run 45. We decided we'd drop it back to 40 um because the the numbers weren't going to be quite there um we ended up having 62 teams attempt to qualify so we bumped it back up to the original 45 which really was good to see some of those teams that were were lower down and and would have missed out to actually get in there and uh, we even had a late 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 call up with one team being told yes you're racing 10 minutes before the green flag so they were they were called in as a as a ring in uh with some technical issues for one of the other teams Yep. that uh, couldn't get into the server. So the uh, the 46th place team got in. That was uh, the Pichutes in Racing 2 car. Starting from the rear of the grid, they finished 23rd in the end. But yeah, qualifying, full field shootout, which I actually think is one of my favorite things. We will be doing it again later on in the season at Long Beach. Yep. Um, but yeah, full field shootout is something very, very unique that we started back in 2016, 2017. Uh, the first time we did it uh, as an, a retro round, uh, Vet Scops, we did a retro round and teams submitted all different sorts of liveries. We had big Kev liveries. We had teams re- recreating real world liveries with their logos. And uh, we actually gave away a, f- a $50 prize to the best presented team. Um, so the reason we then did the full field shootout was we thought if we're giving away a prize, it'd be nice to be able to show every car at least once. Yep. So doing a full field shootout, everyone gets two minutes of camera time, regardless of if you're going to finish first or last. And it worked really well, mixed up the field, made some interesting results, and we've kept it. Um, there was a lot of luck involved because the weather played a huge oh, factor. Yeah. Um, the, the conditions were mostly cloudy. So some drivers were going out there with a 44, 45 degree track temp. Others were out there with a 35, 36 degree track temp. Uh some of the drivers really did change where they should have qualified based on their pre-qual positions. One of the biggest movers was the number 30 Logitech G Ultra C Esports car, that being Simon Feigl and Matt Danson. Feigl qualified that and was P1 for quite a lot of it. They ended up seventh, but the 088 of James Scott and Sam Blacklock, James Scott did put that car on pole. Jackson Susan Harlow, though, did a really, really good job putting it into second place. And uh, Ethan Warren who has improved out of sight this season, mm-hmm. put it on P3 with a really, really good lap as well. So it was really good to see those guys do some really good laps. Um, it was a very, very entertaining qualifying session and uh, everyone got a bit of TV time, which was cool as well. 
And we also got a, a little bit of live reaction as well on the broadcast side of it with a uh, few drivers and co-drivers joining us on Zoom. I actually think the co-drivers looked more nervous watching their teammates do the lap than any of the drivers that were doing their lap. The drivers looked calm. The co-drivers were more nervous, and I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah, definitely. Now, we did have an Australian first, did we, on the weekend? We sure did. So we haven't seen an Australian sim racing broadcast have all three commentators on screen at the same time in different states at the same time. So we had Reese in Perth. Lockie in Sydney and uh, Ryan on the Gold Coast. Uh, all three of them were on camera at the start of the race before uh, we got into qualifying. And it was really cool, not that um, that we did that. The, the cool thing for me is that people seem to forget that what what is happening on screen are real people because yep. it just looks like a video game and you know anyone can be playing a video game. But to bring that human element into it was really, really cool. And to see the commentators there and to see the emotion and see how much they enjoyed it as well was really, really cool to watch. And I think it added a lot, something that we've been working on a lot behind the scenes and we'll continue to try and push the boundaries and, and go a little bit further with that in yeah, the coming definitely. weeks and months. But yeah, it was really cool. And, and from what we can tell in Australian First as well. Okay, cool. So let's get back to the actual racing now. I was—I only caught the last little bit of it, but I was really excited to see the Synergy teams were all performing pretty well this weekend. Uh, and, and the lack of Trans-Tasman at the top. Now, they, they finished pretty well, but they definitely weren't the, the, the front sort of four or five, besides obviously Emily Jones' car, which come fourth, which is a, a technical part of yeah, it's, it's an alliance. It's an alliance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it was, it was very good to see, obviously... Um, a, a, a lot of different cars up there at the front at the end of the 500Ks. But take us through it. What was the obviously big controversy at the end, but we'll get to that at the end, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. talking about that McLaren shadow car, uh, Emily Jones, Josh Muggleton, they had an issue in qualifying, which meant that they had to start basically last. They started 44th. Muggo jumped in the car early, just sort of plotted away, got themselves up into around top 15 by the time Emily got in the car. Okay, then... just, just for those listening at home too, if Jay ever thinks that you're going to do really well, don't just pull out of the race because this is yeah. what happens. Well, yeah, I before the race started, we we're talking about the commentators. I asked them to to put forward their predictions for pole position for the race win and their dark horse slash surprise packet. Um, nobody got anything right except for <laughs> I said for my surprise packet. It wasn't announced on the broadcast because I don't really want to talk on the broadcast. But my <laughs> surprise packet was Emily and Muggo. They are going to be very, very close and potentially pushing for a podium. And I've got got the message. I actually sent that back to Ryan with about five laps to go. And I said, didn't I say this earlier? Because um, that was who, who I sent it to earlier to, to show my proof on who I thought. Yeah. And um, with about 20 laps to go, I said to, uh, to Ryan, uh, Ryan actually said on the broadcast, because he knew what my pick was, nobody would have seen Emily Jones and Josh Muggleton coming along and, I was watching him on the Zoom. He was trying not to laugh while he was saying that at the same time. Um, <laughs> so I messaged Muggo. Uh, Reese did announce that I'd said that. I messaged Muggo and apologised in advance for saying that, and he was not happy with me for confirming on the broadcast that I was, uh, that they were my dark horse team. But yeah. um, Muggo, and also I want to shout out to Muggo and also to Brenton Hobson, they were feeding me... Uh, a bit of information around their cars because those two cars or two teams, I should say, were both mm. risking the strategy on getting home 
on an unbelievably short amount of fuel. So yep. they, they were keeping me posted on that so I could feed that to Lockie, Lachlan Mansell, for those who are wondering who I'm meaning around Lockie. Yes, Man, that, the is, Mr. Legend, yes. That, is, that is the reality TV legend himself, <laughs> um, which was cool to have Lockie on. Um, yep. I was keeping him posted on that as well because he was sort of looking after the strategy side of things and trying to understand who was going to be where. But it was really, really cool that we, as you said, had a real big mix of teams in there. Altus were at the front. Uh, TTR were having a bit of bad luck. They misjudged a little bit of strategy. The other thing with that too is they had a really unexpected late pit stop and driver change for the number one car. In the last pit stop, Madison came into the pits and his PC froze while they were mid pit stop. So they had to do an unexpected and unscheduled driver swap at that point. So it cost them about an extra 10, 15 seconds just from that. So they did a good job to recover that fairly minimally. They lost 10 seconds. They probably lost themselves two, maybe three spots. Yep. Um, But a good recovery from that and really important for Madison's championship as well. But even Drop Bear were up there as well fighting. But as you said before, good to see Synergy up there. Synergy SSR always find a way to get themselves in a potentially winning position in these Enduros each single time. You look back to almost every Bathurst race, someone within that group of guys that are there now was always there around the podium in a top five position. Phillip Island next round is their track. That is their track yep. that they always perform well on. You probably could almost write Synergy Sim Racing 1, 2, 3 and pre-qualifying now. That is my prediction. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll see that in two weeks. But um, Synergy always find themselves there or thereabouts. And uh, they had Jackson, Susan Harlow come over to their team. They had a couple of their drivers go over and help the United team as well. So they had a bit of a team combination thing going on there. And yep. uh, JSH felt like he uh, he won that race, even though he finished second. In the end, he uh, he well, some said, would "Say if you take away more points than the other person, you've won well, the race." But we'll get on to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Technical. <laughs> we'll, we'll get. We'll start the controversy soon. But um, the other issue too for uh, Altus Esport, their zero one two car, uh, which we'll go back even further. We'll start with the the one two car. It should be in the twelve. And this yep. issue happened for that car, and it also happened for the zero six two car. Shane Van Gisberg and Richie Stanaway is yeah. that they were both registered. Uh, team invites were sent to one half of the team. Yeah. But they weren't accepted before the race session launched. Oh, so no. they couldn't get in. Um, so what happened was Jordan brought all the content on his new, on a new account, brought a new account, brought the content. They created a <laughs> brand new team and done it and we got in just before their, their lap in the shootout. Uh, the Shane Van Gisberg and Richie Sanaway team did something very, very similar. They uh, they got permission to use a, a second person's account and were, were then able to race that way. So we uh, we had a little bit of controversy right at the last minute around that. Um, and that, that was number one issue for them. They, the Jordan Caruso car, Cooper Webster car, that uh, 12 car, they really didn't plan the strategy out right they mistakenly had to do a driver swap in the splash and dash stop, which meant that they were about an extra 10 seconds longer in their pit stop than just taking fuel and tires, which everyone else was doing cost them the lead of the race and probably cost them the win because they were looking very, very comfortable at the front, but P3 for those guys in the end, a very, very solid day. You would say. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm just looking through now. Yeah, I see Jordan Crusoe too is driving that car. Probably the um, fastest rookie on iRacing. <laughs> definitely would have been. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So let's get on to. I was just actually going to say before. I, I know uh, Susan Harlow's been racing Phillip Island all week because he's um, been practicing for the um, E Series draft. Yes. So he's going to have a few laps around there up his sleeve as well. So yeah. you'll definitely be one to beat next and next round. Shout out to Jordan Caruso and Cooper Webb. So they had a huge weekend of sim racing. They participated in the uh, Porsche Esports Super Cup qualifiers on Saturday night. They had another big race on Sunday as well. They did very, very minimal practice. They couldn't even do pre-qualifying until the Saturday night. I think they only did like 12 laps. Cooper hardly did any laps at all of practice and they still finish as well as they did. Just shows the talent that those guys have got as well. Yeah, definitely. So let's get on to who actually won the race, Jay. <laughs> well, are you, are you talking about the results or who scored the most points? Because they are different <laughs> things, unfortunately. Okay. I was um, here so... to watch the last little bit. So two restarts in the last 15 laps for, for safety cars. One was a blown engine. One was a well, blown engine after he crashed, I guess. Um, yeah. With with six or seven to go, so five to go was the restart, and I believe which is the restart that's under question or was under the question. first restart. So the first restart, there's a little bit of controversy around the uh, the rule that states must maintain pace car speed. So as they're coming up to uh, to restart, the uh, the pace car pulls away as is expected. But what happened is the there's, there's no doubting it because you can go back and watch it. Is the zero eighty eight slowed its speed down, and then launched away. Uh, it did cause a very, very big concertina effect, which we saw the the 88 car of Jack Boyd uh, getting hit from behind as all of the cars yes. checked up, and, mm-hmm. and we, we got to, to see that replay sort of thankfully that there was a, a, a second safety car so that we could go back and see that. But um, very, very disappointing for those guys because they were on for a top five, uh, that being Hobson and Boyd. But uh, yeah, that that incident has been reviewed by race control. Uh, the penalty has been handed out. There is a penalty, which is a, an effective drive-through penalty. However, the rule book for V8 Scops doesn't have any stipulation anywhere at this stage for time penalties, only points penalties. So therefore, Logitech G Altus Esports 088 is officially the winner of the race. However, the 143 car, Jackson Susan Harlow, Jordan Ross, is the championship leader in the Enduro Cup, even though they finished second. Yep. Are you confused? Because I am. Yeah. Look, <laughs> definitely confused. I, I Obviously, there'll be a rule change in the book. I'm assuming I, going I'm, to next I'm season. I'm thinking, yeah, I think <laughs> for next season, there'll definitely be a rule change. Whether it'll yeah. be before that, we don't know. But yeah, definitely for next season. Uh, it, it the, was a the shame. Like it, will be it, clarified as well. So it, it did that first restart looked even worse because obviously the car behind him was a lapped car with damage. So when he yes. took off, that car couldn't, and then that obviously made that gap even worse. And yeah, um, which which was sort of a shame because we're all going cool, excellent. We have got fifteen laps to go here. It's going to be really good. It's going to be a really big bite to the finish, and then all of a sudden that happened, and we're like, oh, okay. It's, it's all pretty ordinary. But, yeah, then to see the, the um, a Synergy car get spun around mid-pack was sort of – you could obviously see what had happened and, yeah, it wasn't very good. But we then get to the finish and, you know, great result for all those guys. But as you said, uh, McLaren's shadow, 44 places, 
44th up to fourth, almost on the podium. We're in the podium if we didn't have that last safety car, but probably how close were those fuel numbers if we didn't have that last safety car? If we didn't have the two safety cars at the end, uh, Hobbo messaged me and kept me going, kept me uh, informed a couple of times, but every single time the wording was one word reply, tight. Uh, and they were, they were trying to do 30 laps to a tank at the end, which most teams were 28 laps was, you know, pretty, pretty much yep. the limit, maybe 29. If you've got good draft 30 was going to be really tough. Uh, the McLaren shadow car was looking at trying to do 31 laps <laughs> and they were on track to do it, which would have put them in third had we not had the safety cars, but, uh, so the positive for for them was the safety car meant that they didn't have to worry about fuel, but the downside to that was they pitted way, way earlier than everyone behind them, and they managed to hold on to that fourth, yeah. even though Hampstead was giving Emily a whole heap of uh, heap of uh, issues. Uh, Andrew Gilliam, he drove really, really well as well. Very he and Griffin Gardner in the, the 201 car, they went really unnoticed a lot of the day because they were just doing their own thing they, they weren't fighting they weren't battling until they got to that point that they were they almost had to and uh and did a really really good job was i uh, right in seeing that he was missing a rear boot at the end he was yep uh, and there still were quite was a, overtaking people yep there were quite a few that were missing their, their boot lid in the <laughs> end um and one of the other drivers that really impressed me because he was giving it to the old hands the likes of madison downs the richard hamsteads Corey Shepard drove a yep. very, very mature race and probably uh, showed a few people that this kid, while he does have pace, he has some talent as well to go with it. He's got pace, he's got talent, he's got racecraft, and he doesn't care if you're Richard Hampstead or a rookie. He's still going to try as hard as he can for that position, he but do it very fairly as well. Um, one other thing that was very, very cool as well, um, as I was telling you before, we started broadcasting this stuff 10 years ago. Yep. And it was really, really cool to see almost a, an old school 10-year-old battle. Reese and I were commenting on this uh, mid-race was that we had Richard Hampstead, Madison Down, Shane Van Gisberg and Richie Stanaway all battling together. All four yep. of them used to battle week in, week out on a Monday night back when we were V8s online and we broadcast the, the Monday night iRacing officials. Um, those four were the, the, the main players along with uh, Mitch McLeod and uh, who else was there? Justin Rougier. Uh, there's one other guy. I think he's gone over and racing IndyCar at the moment. Some Scott bloke. I don't, don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. No, never. Is that the same guy who's flying at the moment? I think so, yeah. Did I you see he's... his air on the, week, on yeah. the weekend? I think it, it, he might have got the least amount of air in comparison to some of the others as well. We've <laughs> got the video I saw before. It was uh, incredible, the, the racing in Indy this week. Um, yeah. I... I Speaking of that, it is being re-scanned, and uh, hopefully it doesn't have that curb in it. Yeah, hopefully not, but we'll see. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking for the next jump. It was a good move, I reckon. It was a solid overtaking move. Definitely was. Um, I've but, yeah. kept you for long enough, though. No, it's, it's um, fine. I love coming to chat with you. I know. It's just it's it's a half-hour podcast all on its own, and we just do this as a little segment. Um, so there was a lot in this endurance round, though. There was. We are... Looking at Phillip Island next, obviously yep. Synergy is going to be strong there. Um, yep. There's definitely a few drivers that I know have been doing laps around Phillip Island, as we know, for the E-Series. And um, yeah, so look out everyone for that. Have you got a pick? Give us one name. I don't want to put a curse Go on, on anyone. Go on, Mocker. 
Put on a oh, on someone. Should I? Should I just put it on? No, I I, I can't do it. I mean, okay. For number one, anyone who's known me commentating from way back when, I never get a pick right ever in uh, <laughs> in any race. So I would never make a public pick. But drivers to watch again will be that fifty one McLaren Shadow Car. They are a, a really solid pairing who know how to race endurance racing really well. Altus are going to be tough. TTR are going to want to rebound, especially yes. with Madison being championship leader. He'll want to try and prove that, hey, I'm, I'm still there. I've still got it. DPR uh, probably will be disappointed in their result over the weekend, so they will be looking to bounce back. And also the, the team of Thomas Hins and Brett Loxton, those two will want to bounce back as well from a pretty horrid run. I mean, Brett blew his engine, which brought out that last safety car. So that, they'll be disappointed with that. Uh, we'll have a few of the real world guys back again. So Richie and uh, SVG, I believe, are coming back for another run. Uh, Anton and Brody, I believe, are coming back for another run. So that'll be yep. cool to watch. And and we could even have some more come in as well because the, the guys that are racing as pros in the E-Series, what a way to practice by racing exactly. the guys they're going to be racing against at a track they know. They, they'll be all coming in. So expect the bumper field for uh, Phillip Island broadcast-wise. I don't even know who's commentating yet because uh, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to work on some things, but everyone wants to commentate. But with not knowing what's happening in the real world, we sort of don't know who can do what. But That's it's it. going to be very, very fun. Ryan Jones guy on. That's all well, I, I actually think think he uh, – well, he's already told me he can't commentate this weekend because he's going to a real-world racetrack. Boo. Boo-hoo. Oh, well. But no, yeah, they still be racing. Good. Anyway, anyway, we yeah. won't go there. So <laughs> thank you so much, Jay, for oh, your time. Pleasure. Thank you for wrapping all the scops up for us. Um, we will probably have you back in three weeks' time, and and I, I keep on promising it, but we will get you on for an interview eventually very soon. Yeah, when you're desperate, you'll get me. Yeah, we're, done. we're not desperate at the moment, but we'll get there. <laughs> Thanks for having me, mate. No problems, mate. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. Well... So if you get the most points for the series, Braden, would you, or for the race, would you think you're the winner or the second place person? <laughs> I, I, uh, I just, I need to finish in front. That's what I need. Okay. Well, finishing in front, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's confusing. I hope they do a real change and let's get into Aussie car formula V's, which I honestly haven't had a chance to watch. Um, I did see, no, I didn't see any of it this week. It was crazy. So look, just, uh, yeah, anyway, I won't apologize. Let's just move on. Braden, what happened in race one? Yeah. So it was an interesting race. I managed to catch a bit of this broadcast this week, which was nice. Um, so it was, it was good to see Chaz back in the car and, and, uh, fighting, fighting through. We had some, uh, locked on cars getting themselves involved in things as well with, uh, Mickey Skurlock having some pretty good races, but, Overall, they went to um, Silverstone National Layout, so the slightly shorter shorter uh, Silverstone version of an oval, just about, I guess you could say, um, which led to some really good racing. Um, close, hard, and I, I think the drivers are starting to get used to each other. At the very least, the ones at the front certainly are, um, and the racing has gotten a lot better and I would say a lot cleaner. There's still a few mishaps, but they're not mishaps in the sense of poor driving standards, more as an um, 
just close hard racing and sometimes things happen i guess so uh the racing the racing was really good uh chas mostert took the win in the first race now this was tightly contested until it almost seemed like uh jesus uh and had decided that he wasn't going to be able to catch um chas and him and dance decided to start battling and kind of let chas get away so it was chas mostert one from joseph does jesus Two, Cameron Dance rounding out the podium. Daniel Hedishide, Lee Partridge, Ryan Howe, Chris Noble, Reese Gardner, Nathan Verney, and Jamie Skeller rounding out your top 10. Uh, there were some big movers in the field. Matthew Guintini, 27th up to 11th. Uh, Stuart Crawford, 23rd up to 13th. Aaron Guintini, 31st up to 15th. Rick Berger, 30th up to 16th. And Matthew Harriet, 36th up to 17th. As well as Vic Van Velten, our very own thirty uh, ninth up to twentieth, and I forgot to share that Leon Williams there thirty seventh up to twenty one as well. Well done, yes, Matthew and also Joy, Matthew Joy fortieth up to twenty third. That's right. Well so done, locked on racing. Some massive movers throughout the field um, in this race, which was good to see. And now, apologise if twenty sixth up to oh no, that's the other way around. Fourth yeah. Down 26th. Oh, sorry. So he, yeah, unfortunately got involved in a little bit of a issue towards the end of the race, um, and came together with yeah, a couple, couple of, um, couple of drivers. So um, overall, it was a pretty, pretty intense race as it always seems to be with the V's at the moment. Um, yeah. Race, race two uh, yeah. finished very similar with Chaz Moster in one and Joseph De Jesus in two. But this time we had Locked On's very own Michael Skurlock uh, running himself up into third spot and getting himself that all-important interview in the podium uh, with Simspeed TV. Uh, he rounded out the podium from Cameron Dance, Reese Gardner, Lee Partridge, Nathan Verney, Dennis Hancock, Jamie Skeller with back-to-back top 10s and Kirk Broadhurst rounding out the top 10. So, again, some pretty big movers. Lee Partridge up 30 spots in this one, Pete. 36th up to 6th as a mega drive. So, well done to him. That's a great uh, drive for the Aussie car racing team driver. Um, uh, 38th up to 14th for Braden McDermott. 37th up to 17th for Vic Bender-Veltson again. So almost up 20 spots in both races. So well done, Vic. That's awesome stuff. Jerry Bush, uh, 35th up to 16th. And Callum Heinrich, a great result in race two as well. 39th up to 21st. Uh, Paul Ward, 32, 32nd up to 20th. And Liam Williams, again, 30th up to 22nd. So some big movers in these V fields, which has made it really, really fun to watch. Um, and a 40-car field for both races is just incredible. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so we go on to the series points, and I, I think I, had, I misspoke. I thought Michael Skurlock was sitting in second, but he's sitting in third. So Joseph just the Jesus has taken out... Uh, the halfway point, the lead, uh, halfway point of the season, the lead of the series at 252 points. Brian Howe sitting in second on 234. Michael Skurlock on 224. And then Cameron Dance on 223. Simon Clayson on 223. It is going to be a big finish there for second. Uh, we know how easy it is to miss a miss a podium or, or and, and make it have an accident. So Joseph De Jesus definitely isn't home and hosed just yet. Uh, Lee Partridge in sixth on 219. Nathan Verney doing a great job sitting ahead of Chaz Mostert in seventh and Chaz is in eighth. Kirk Broadhurst in ninth and Dennis Hancock rounds out the 10. 
which then leads us to the road to 2K, which is Ryan Howe in first, uh, Simon Clayson closing that gap into second. Dennis Hancock is a little way off there in third. Matthew Catini in fourth, uh, equal with Rick Berger. Callum Heinrich doing an amazing job there in sixth, equal with Aaron Gutini. Uh, Matthew Harrod in eighth, Leon Williams in ninth. And that name we've mentioned so many times tonight, Vic Benfeltson, one point behind Leon in tenth. So well done to all you guys in the road to 2K. But what's happening in the team's championship, Braden? It looks really good. It's looking great. So locked on lads holding out on the first spot after being... Uh, just falling short by, was it one point or two points last season? One, uh, no, no, one point yeah. last season in the last race, not able to clinch that oh, team's one. title. They've got themselves a 28-point lead at the moment from Alpha Team Half Racing. Let's go. Uh, on In second, from Chill Out Motorsports in third, Aussie Car Racing Team uh, fourth and fifth. They don't seem to have a different team name for their two teams, which makes <laughs> it very confusing. Uh, Orico Racing 6th, A&M Racing 7th, White Knuckle Racing 8th, Locked On Black Sheep Racing 9th, Fusion Sim Racing in 10th, um, and then Locked On Racing News and Results 11th, Locked On Lads 12th, New Zealand Sim Racing, Ward Racing, and Triple S Racing uh, rounding out the 14. So some pretty close uh, teams' points, but Locked On Lads at the moment having a bit of a stranglehold on the team's championship. So maybe this season's the season. Maybe. You've just jinxed us. Thank you very much. I apologize in advance, Skurlock and Vernie. That's all my fault. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Uh, So let's move on to Sunday Night Lights, brought to you by Alex McKellar this week. We've already heard a whole heap about it. Pretty much you don't need to listen to Alex, but he's such a nice guy. Listen to him anyway, because he'll give you what happened to first, second, and third, and then everyone else around Braden. Uh, (laughs) But take it away, Alex. Thanks, Wilco. G'day, everyone. Alex McKellar here, the host of Top Split TV's ongoing coverage of Sunday Night Lights. Round 9 saw us head out to the longest layout of the Snetterton track in the UK for the first time in many seasons. The testing configuration scaring a few off and seeing the strength of field dip below 4,000 for the first time this season, well below the 4,500 average. Qualifying saw perennial contender Julian O'Frey put it on pole some three and a half tenths ahead of Finnish driver Ras Vuori. The second row was filled with Japanese driver Takumi Yamato and the highest qualifying ANZ driver Vasco Sarovsky. Leading ANZ contender Corey Lean started in fifth and was joined on the third row by Locked On iRacing's Braden Martin in his strongest qualifying performance to date. The other ANZ drivers in the field were Craig Biley starting seventh ahead of newcomer Richard King, Last week's live wire Mitchell Nichols and Paul Wilson making just his second appearance in the broadcast race. The drivers all starting in the second half of the field. When the green flag dropped, it was O'Frey who led them away on the opening laps and all drivers essentially holding station with the exception of Corey Lean, who cut too much off the very challenging Nelson corner on the first time through with the new suspension model folding under the impact and seeing Lean limping his way back to the pits to grab a fast repair. With the exception of the exchanging of pleasantries in a few shufflings of positions in the midfield, the first half of the race was very much only significantly marked by the charging through the field of Giuseppe Tolini, who after qualifying poorly set about charging his way up through the field, showing the nose of his skippy in all sorts of unexpected places and moving up six positions early on. 
In the meantime, Ofrey, Viore and Yamato continued to drive away before on lap 8, while leading, Julian Ofrey fell through a hole in the internet into a parallel universe and out of the race as his connection failed him at the most inopportune moment, leaving Viore and Yamato to battle it out for the win. Meanwhile, there was a battle amongst five drivers who were all vying for the final step on the podium, led by George Maddock, who was being hounded by Gal Kawabe in the closing stages, with Tallini joining the fight for the final two laps. Tallini was literally throwing his skippy into several of the early corners on the penultimate lap before finally coming unstuck into Agostini, sending it up the inside of Kawabe, seeking to gain his eighth position of the night. However, the Italian driver was only able to overcook it into the hard braking zone and slide into the rear of Maddock, who had until then had his eyes on third place. This opened the door for the always mindful Gal Kawabe to adjust his line through the corner and to pass both Tolini and Maddock, who were both left to right their cars and chase what results they could with just the one and a half laps remaining. Benefiting from this late race incident as well were Braden Martin and Dimitri Filippides, who both also snuck through as the two cars sorted themselves out. The final lap saw Finnish driver Vas Viori take out his maiden SNL victory, less than two tenths ahead of the hard charging Japanese driver Takumi Yamato. He was joined on the podium in third place by his Japanese compatriot, Gal Kawabe, who took out his second podium of the season and was positively beaming in the post-race interviews as a result. Braden Martin held on to take out both his highest scoring finish in his short time in SNL in fourth, but also the moniker of the top ANZ driver in the field on the night. Dimitri Filippides made a mistake in the lead-up to the Bentley straight on the final lap, letting Giuseppe Tallini through and losing out to the Italian driver for a top five finish. The remaining ANZ drivers in the field were led in the results by Mitchell Nichols and Paul Wilson, who finished eighth and ninth respectively, with Corey Lean and Craig Byerly fighting back after running through the pits for repairs and managing to finish in the points in 11th and 12th. The only other two ANZ drivers, King and Sorovsky, finishing at the bottom of the order in 14th and 15th. Turning our attention to the lower splits to follow the developing season of some of our regulars, we saw Justin Watt take out the second split for the second time this season. Locked on iRacing's Nathan Verney picked up a fourth position, with SNL stalwart Mark Jeffrey only managing to pick up a few points down in ninth. The championship standings after nine rounds see drop round start to come into play and Ludwig Giedi remaining on top of the standings with eight scoring races and despite having missed the Snetterton round. Joining him on the provisional podium is Julian O'Frey, who will no doubt be using this current round as a non-scoring week as he attempts to chase down the Mavano Sim Racing leader in the final few weeks. Italian driver Giuseppe Tallini jumps one spot to sit in third after his eventful race. The leading ANZ driver continues to beat Corey Lean, despite his meagre haul of points, with Mitchell Nichols leaping up to fill the final spot in the top five. Despite a less than stellar haul of points, Mark Jeffrey steps back up one position on the standings into seventh, and Braden Martin, after securing his best result of the season, jumps two positions into eighth with a race in hand showing that he is absolutely a contender for a top five finish this season. 
Other ANZ drivers on the leaderboard continue to be Vasco Sarovsky, Craig Biley and Nathan Verney in 11th, 13th and 16th respectively. Richard King not enjoying his broadcast debut, dropping two positions and sitting in 18th overall. Moving our gaze towards next week, where the bright Sunday night lights shine at Imola for round 10, we look forward to a more popular track with the mainstay of the SNL field and a return to the flowing sectors of a Grand Prix circuit. So join us on track or over on the Top Split TV Twitch channel next Sunday night at 9.15pm Australian Eastern Standard, where once again it will be the place to be on a Sunday night. Thank you as always to our friends over at the Locked On iRacing Podcast for their ongoing support, both of Sunday Night Lights and of the broader iRacing community. But for now, folks, and until next week, this is Alex McKellar signing off. Ciao for now. Thank you for that, the nicest guy in the universe. You are an absolute legend. Keep on doing your stuff. Hopefully you didn't say too much about you, Braden. Anyway, let's move on. Aussie car Skip Barber's raced at the Oval. We've already talked in length about that. Give us the full rundown of the race one results, mate. Yeah, so race one ended up being won uh, through the chaos by Sean Doyle, despite having no rear wing. I personally think he should have been docked at least 10 positions due to the less less <laughs> or more streamlined car, I should say, uh, maybe aiding him in his win. I don't know if we might need to get some kind of weight check on his car after the race, but uh, having that rear wing certainly uh, missing certainly didn't seem to slow him down. Uh, so well done to Sean Doyle, picking up his first Aussie car win, I would believe. Uh, no, coming from second. second. Second, is it? I apologize. He won at Indianapolis. Um, he did. You are right. Yeah. Yes. Apologies, Sean. I did forget about Indianapolis. because of was, age season. Because I was trying my best to forget about Indianapolis. Yeah, you were, <laughs> but I remembered it. And the commentary team forgot about it too, so don't worry. Uh, so well done to Sean Doyle coming from 20th spot on the grid uh, to take that one out from Alex John and John Schultz rounding out your podium. James Chastanoff Braden Martin, myself, Matthew Mites, Timothy Harris, and Peter Wilkinson sending a uh, fourth to eighth uh, for Locked On there. Uh, Sean McKenzie and then Leon Williams in 10th. So Locked On having uh, six cars inside the top 10. Is that now for a second time this season? I think so. Now, I've got to say, it's the first time in my history that in an Aussie car skip barber race, I've been 0.514 seconds off the win. In eighth. <laughs> uh, anyway, well it was apparently my best results. Uh, two top tens in a season for, for like four seasons or something. Like that. But yeah, well done to Leon Williams. 23rd up to 10th. Yeah, uh, Darren Lasso, as I mentioned before in my little recap, 22nd up to 12th. Um, and obviously, John Doyle, 20th up to 1st. It's pretty hard to beat that. Uh, John Schultz, 13th to 3rd. The, the big movers are up front there. Even... Um, I'm looking at Sean Carey, 24th up to 15th, that, stuff like that. Add a lap down, Jeremy Bush, um, 21st to 16th. Some good moves in there as well. But Leon and and Sean were the big ones. Uh, and I, guess the, race, the, yeah. I guess the other thing to shout out as well is Tim Corn on his first pole position in that race as well. So well done. Yeah, well done. It was just he, he obviously he has such bad luck on ovals. I don't know if it's, <laughs> if, if I can say that because he. Maybe it's just him getting in the... No. Um, <laughs> wow. Shots uh, no, fired, Tim. <laughs> he, he just does so well. He's got so much speed, but he just doesn't get the luck. He got taken out in both races. Um, I, well, I would have said no fault to his own, but apparently it, it was touch and go with a few of the calls. But um, anyway, 
he, he's yeah, he, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. So good luck to him tomorrow night in scraps. He had a really good effort in scraps. We're not going to cover it tonight, but uh, top ten in the road race uh, around um, Canadian Motorsport Park, I think it was. Could have been so much more if he didn't drive himself off the track reading <laughs> chat as well. Times, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. let's move on to race two. So James Chastanoff started pole position, finished first. Uh, Alex McKellar started second, finished second. You've write that 0.002 of a second, two thousandths of a second between those two. Uh, and you'd say, okay, look, Chastity led for 23 laps. McKellar led for 23 laps. It was all pretty much, yeah, nothing in it, but it was intense. Uh, Russell Clark lived home in third, as you said. And if you do want to watch something just great as well, go and watch the last couple of laps of Chastity's stream on YouTube yeah. and just look at his face when he crosses the line and realizes he's actually won. It is hilarious. At no stage watching the broadcast, either before or after or during the line, did it look like he won. His race labs didn't update to say he won because at no stage was he actually in front except for that pixel at the line. <laughs> I reckon he was behind in before it and behind after it. He just happened to be in front at that point. <laughs> so his race labs went second, first, second, and then it took about half a lap and then it finally came up first and he just went off. It was great watch anyway. Um, so Timothy Harris, great result for fourth, uh, finished starting fourth as well. Had some really good qualifying himself. Uh, John Schultz, once again, a great round for him, uh, finishing fifth. Jeremy Bush, uh, as I said, um, he got me by one one thousandth of a second. Um, 11th up to sixth. I got seventh from 15th. Darren Lasso, as I said, 16th up to eighth. Uh, Leon Williams, again, 18th up to ninth. And then Brady Baldwin, 25th up to 10th. And could have had the win at one stage. Very controversial. We're not going to talk about it here. Um but what a great result for him um, from where he started, considering he didn't even put a time in, didn't even get in. But, um, yeah. Would, any other highlights you can see out of that that I've missed? No, I think that was a pretty good wrap-up. Good job. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, let's go on to series points, because do we have any team points at this stage? Still? No, so I don't think we've had a chance to see anything from Ira yet, so um, we'll have to update them next week. But according to both uh, our calculations and also Alex McKellar's calculations when we were talking to him on Friday, <laughs> I believe Chasty and I have pipped uh, as a top split team, racing team by one point at the moment. So it looks like it might be it. locked on uh, leading both team championships uh, for this week point. at least. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, look, we've got James Chastanoff in the lead, and some would say a very strong lead that is it's his to lose, yeah, I guess, to say, points, 291. Yeah. Alex John sitting in second at 252. Matthew Mites, what an effort this guy is doing this season, 241. Uh, sitting in third, just ahead of Alex McKellar in fourth, 238. Sean Doyle, another great season, 236. John Schultz, like I said, had a really good round, got himself up to fifth, 236. Uh, sorry, no, sixth, the 229. Russell Clark is in seventh on 219. Uh, Timothy Harris, once again, really good round, jumping himself up to 217 points, up to eighth. And Nathan Fernie, 214 in ninth. And yourself, bit of a comeback, 200 points into tenth. Yeah, probably 17 points short of where it could have been if I had managed to get around <laughs> half a lap more, but it is what it is. It's been one of those seasons for me, this one, so... That is five of the top 10 cars in the series are locked on lads cars with Jeremy Bush sitting in 11th, knocking down the door of the top five. So um, 
yeah, it's very, very good stuff. So, uh, yeah, that that's where it sits. We don't have a road to 2K. If I was going on my calculator, I think Brady Baldwin is still in front. Um, but Tim Corn is closing the gap uh, along with somehow myself. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of a it's hard one to pick at the moment because we don't have the exact numbers on who's actually in it. Um, but yeah, so that is Aussie Skip Barber. Let's move to Anne's car, which has a beautiful wrap up of the series and the seasons that were. Um, Carl Withy, thank you for coming back to us, um, Carl Withy. And yeah, preview. This might just be the cup actually in the preview of what's coming ahead. I haven't listened to it yet. You're going to hear it at the same time I do. So have a great chat with Carl right now. Thank you, Carl. Hello, chaps and chapettes, and welcome to the Anscar Recap here on Locked On iRacing. I'm, as ever, Carl Withy, and tonight we just have the cup action from Michigan. Yes, it was a very, very good race from Michigan. Green from start to finish. A few very minor incidents happened. Uh, we did see a slight touch between Jaden Russell and Joshua Carroll Walden, which caused some issues for Carol Walden's night. However, Russell would end up finishing a strong fourth position. Michael Skurlock would end up taking the win on a single stop strategy with Philip Worley taking his season best result in oval racing in P2. Neil Pearson finished in third, as I said, Jane Russell fourth, and Danny G wrapped out the top five. Championship-wise, Josh Micklewood remains at the top of the regular season table on 814 points. 20 points back, we see Neil Pearson. In third, we have Hamish Gallagher, 27 points down. In joint third position is Michael Skurlock. Fifth is Jason Martin, 55 points off the lead. Sixth, we have Andrew Dyson, 72 points down. 75 points down in seventh is Edward Foster. 8th, 82 points down is Danny G. Luke Traher is 9th, 131 off the lead. And in 10th position is Maddie Raymond, 152 off the lead. With two drop rounds uh, to come for the series. And the final race of the regular championship coming up this week. It is all to play for in the Car Cup. Unfortunately, the truck series has had to be pushed back a week due to iRacing maintenance. So the trucks will be coming back live to you next Monday night. Xfinity will be held this week along with the Cup. Unfortunately, due to some minor issues, we won't be able to bring you all the action live on FGM Ecast, but we will try and get some highlights to you at some stage in the week. Of course, I will bring you all the latest news and roundups from the Anscar action from this week, and I look forward to seeing you all again then. Back to you guys. Thank you for that, Carl. I look forward to having a little bit closer of a time with you tomorrow night when I make my Aussie Anscar debut. This is going to be confusing <laughs> as hell. Uh, Anscar debut tomorrow night with the Thunder Series. I'm nervous as hell, but hopefully I don't cause the crash that I'm expecting I cause. What do you give me? What odds, Braden? Yeah, not of good. finishing the race. Not, not good. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you've had some practice in the, uh, the Oval with the Scrap Series. So, and, you know, if there's one thing... You know, we joke and muck around. If there's one thing you can do, it is just sort of try and stay out of trouble and manage your tires and manage your fuel the best you can. And I think with you'll have you'd have realistic expectations that you're not going to be pushing for you know the front spot. And I think that nope. gives you a chance of um, you know 
managing the race and just trying to keep out of trouble. And who knows, you might get a good result. Yeah, hopefully, we'll see tomorrow night. We'll hear about it next week on the podcast when um, no, it might be the week after the car wraps it up anyway. But let's go on to OzPass, which I hinted at last week. Tim Harris had an absolutely great race last week. Uh, so hopefully, we get to hear all about how good he was when he talks about OzPass. Take it away, Tim. G'day guys, Tim here bringing you this week's coverage from round 7 of the OzPass Pro-Am Sim Series. Uh, proudly brought to you by FGM Ecast, HJ Plant Repairs, SimRigs.com, Phoenix Smokers and 93PC. This week as I said we're up to round number 7. So still within the, the GT3 cars and running in a 20 minute sprint followed by a 40 minute feature race with the reverse top 15 for that 40 minute feature race. Being at Barber Motorsport Park, uh, limited opportunities for overtaken on track however uh, definitely a low fuel burn track so that opened up the strategy with the uh, fuel numbers that were available for the weekend however on a track with lots of blind crests and undulations uh, staying on the track was going to be one of the key elements particularly with the four different car manufacturers with three different types being front engine, mid engine and rear engine of the Porsche. Uh, after qualifying it looked like the BMW was particularly a strong car there however Shane Van Gisbergen in the Lamborghini was able to take the pole for the night with a 0.0126 gap over Danny Davidson in the BMW, Jack Boyd also in a BMW in third, Ross Rizzo in the Lamborghini in fourth with Jack Wittes in the first Porsche in fifth place. So to start the 20 minute sprint race you found a lot of drivers diving for the zero lap pit so straight into the pits without having crossed the, the start line for the race and fueling to the end. Uh, this is definitely a, a strategic option that a lot of guys took which uh, definitely gave them a cleaner run for that first lap however uh, with 48 cars taking the grid for round 7 it was surely going to be about getting a good clean first race and getting your starting position ahead for the 40 minute feature. With all drivers pushing their cars to the limit, Jack Boyd crossed the line in first position after the first 20 minute sprint race with a 6.8 second gap over Ross Rizzo, Danny Davison in third, Matt Cartleone in fourth, Luke Turner in fifth. The lead, the amateur class drivers from race one was Dale Carpenter, Glenn Riddell, Lachlan Capel, Glenn Boyd and Daniel Webster taking home number position 5. The big shock however was Shane Wallace uh, finishing race 1 in 14th position which would give him uh, a second place grid start there for the 40 minute feature with the inverted top 15. So as the field took the green flag for the 40 minute feature race Lachlan Capel yielding somewhat early in the piece to the, the hard charging Shane Wallace with these two being relatively not under pressure, they were able to switch early into a fuel-saving mode. Uh, Lachlan Capel, as an amateur driver in P2, was clearly under pressure with a myriad of pro drivers coming at him from every angle. However, Lachlan in the early piece did a really, really good job, kept the car straight and on track, and managed to stay within stone's throw of Shane Wallace. As the laps played out, various drivers were taking various fuel strategies. 
and a lot of the drivers perhaps unsure uh, on what was ultimately going to play out. It's, it appeared the Porsche did not quite have the fuel saving capacity of some of the other cars, particularly the BMW and the Lamborghini. However, after 40 minutes of non-stop battle, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen managed to take out the feature race with a 21 second lead with still four and a half litres of fuel in the tank over Lachlan Capel. Uh, third place of Ross Rizzo, fourth Jack Boyd, fifth Jack Widdis, sixth Danny Davison, seventh Scott Gray, eighth Glenn Riddell, ninth Tim Harris, and tenth last series champion Jeff Connell. With round seven run and one, it was definitely consolidation for the top five drivers in the pro class. Shane Wallace still heading Jack Boyd, Ross Rizzo, Luke Turner, and Jack Widdis. With a very similar story in the amateur class with Daniel Webster still holding out Matt Andrews, Lachlan Capel, Tim Harris and Chris Sturdy. The team's championship however saw Injectors Online Racing maintain first with strong night for the BMW drivers of Jack Boyd and Glenn Boyd moving them up into second place with Boyd Racing with TechSense Fitzy Motorsports Porsches perhaps struggling on the bumpy barber track there dropping themselves down to third, TM Racing maintaining fourth over J&L Racing in fifth. As always, after the round was completed, the ballast weights were applied for BOP, with the Ferrari losing 10 kilograms down to a zero kg ballast added, the Porsche losing 2 kgs down to 11 added, the BMW gaining 7 kgs up to 22 total. Uh, however, not to be outdone by the Lamborghini adding an extra 5 kilos, taking them up to a whopping 27 kilos over factory weight. Which, as we head into the next round, being the 70 minute enduro at Belle Isle, all these factors will become very important uh, in terms of tyre wear, fuel economy for a 7 minute, 70 minute race. As always, make sure you tune in to FGM Ecast at 7.45 Australian Eastern Standard Time on a Tuesday to catch all the action from the OzPass Sim Series. Uh, until next week, have fun. Thank you for that, Tim. You're an absolute legend. Keep up the good work and all the stuff you're doing for us. Now, that is it for the results. We've, we've done the results. Quickly want to touch on two things. We've got an Enduro coming up, uh, which is the Petit Le Mans. We're going to have a couple of teams racing in that, so keep an eye out for that. There will be, a, hopefully, a uh, fundraiser going along with that. Uh, more information coming soon. The big announcement we've got is we've got one more interview coming up in the interview series, and then we're just taking a small break for a little while. Uh, a, because we're going to focus on some E-series content, which will be coming up, hopefully, just a weekly wrap-up of that after the race or just not long after the race, where we might hopefully bring in one of the drivers from the E-series and have a bit of a chat with them about what happened in the race. Also, we just need a break at the moment. Things are getting busy with, on my end. We've just done like 22 episodes of the interviews in a row, hours at a time. Uh, it takes a lot to put together. We are The sponsorship stuff is helping with us, but we just need to take a small break, get back on top of it, and we'll bring it back uh, later on in the year, just before Christmas. We'll do it. We'll, we'll drop out a, a few leading up to Christmas, and that will probably be the content that gets us over Christmas. But just for now, there's going to be a small break on it. So we've got Madison Down coming up this weekend. It is an absolutely great interview. We go way over. So enjoy all the chat with Madison Down. But Braden, you're ready to race. So tell us where the people can find you, what's going on. Yeah, so you can always jump in and uh, catch me at 
twitch.tv slash the one D Wade. Been having some good streams over there. It's been good fun. So thanks for everyone who's been dropping by. Um generally been streaming the Sunday night's light race, which has been good. Um I generally haven't been streaming the Aussie car races because um well I just get too too involved and uh take it a little bit too seriously and I get too nervous. So I haven't been streaming those, but yeah, normally been a couple of weekend streams lately, which has been really good. A little bit of Halo, a little bit of iRacing. Uh, it's been good fun. So if you want to hear me talking about sport or anything else, you can always jump over and have a chat to me at uh, Braden Talks on Twitter. What's Skibby round for this week for um, officials? Oh, you should know. It's similar. Same as Aussie Car. There you go. That's the week. That's how much attention we're paying. <laughs> I guess you're about to do one of those. So enjoy. Um, I will be on tomorrow night for Ansgar and I'll be on Thursday night for Aussie car locked on lads on Twitch. Uh, remember all our YouTube stuff is at locked on lads YT over there on YouTube. Locked on lads on Facebook is also where the streams do pop up. Um, locked on lads.com slash discord, hop in our discord and have a chat. Um, there's lots of cool stuff happening over there at the moment. I may try and get a stream up on Friday nights coming going forward, but I just it's there's a lot of things happening at the moment for me. Um, but we will hopefully get some more content on the the stream soon. But thank you everyone for listening. It has been a great week of racing. I can't wait to find out what happens next week for week ten episode. Have a good one. Enjoy the Madison Dan interview. We'll talk to you later. Bye for now. Drive safe, drive fast.